0: Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports News Reel from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: With
0: Take his advice and you'll look keen. you'll get a shave smooth and clean, you'll be a COVID Brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bill Stern bringing you the 429th edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel, featuring strange and fantastic stories. Our guests tonight are America's two top tennis champions, Bobby Riggs, the United States Professional Champion, and Jack Kramer, America's Amateur Champions. But first, here is Real One. Arthur, I want you to ask me a question. Ask me... What's the best Christmas present you can give a man this year?
1: Okay, Bill, what is the best present you can give a man this Christmas? As if I didn't know.
0: Well, Arthur, it's that big collection of face happiness, that swell combination of gifts, the Colgate Christmas Shaving Set. A shave
1: team of champions, want to argue about it? Not me, Bill. It's all you say and more. It's a big, handsome-looking gift box with about a half-year supply of face happiness, a giant tube of Colgate lather or brushless shave cream, a big bottle of Colgate aftershave lotion and a husky tin of Colgate talc for men. Yep, it solves your problems of what to give
0: Dad, Butter or Joe and at the same time it solves their shaving problem. Right, because Colgate
1: is the shave cream of champions. Both brushless and lather are specially fine textured and ripe to do an amazing job of surrounding, softening and supporting each stubble so your razor cuts close, clean and smooth. Next, a cooling, refreshing dash of Colgate aftershave lotion. Then Colgate talc to remove the shine without that powdered look. You
0: realize you've only got four more shopping days to get Colgate shaving sets for the men on your Christmas list. And you'll find sets at any drug department or variety store. Remember, only four days more to get these Colgate shaving sets. The shave team of champions. real 2, profile of a hockey player. This is the story of Frank McGee, a great hockey player, Yet in 1902, Frank McGee was brutally injured in a hockey game. A stick was thrust into his eye. And because of that accident, Frank McGee lost the sight of his left eye. But despite that handicap and against his doctor's orders, Frank McGee continued to play professional hockey. And even though he only had what one eye now, Frank McGee went on to become one of the greatest hockey players this world has ever known. When the First World War broke out in 1914, Frank McGee was the first hockey player to try and enlist in the Canadian Army. But they wouldn't take him because he did only have one eye. He tried to enlist again and again. Records show that Frank McGee tried to enlist in the Canadian Army seven times. And seven times he was turned down, all because he couldn't see out of one of his eyes. Then, then one day, Frank McGee solved his problem. He found another man who looked exactly like him, and he bribed that other man to enlist in Frank McGee's name. It worked! And not until Frank McGee was overseas with the Canadian Army did he admit admit that he had gotten into the army through using another man to impersonate him. Frank McGee, despite the fact that he did only have one eye, rose from the rank of a private to that of a captain. On a cold, wintry night in 1916, Frank McGee was leading his men over the top in the Battle of Carouselette when a bullet from a German sniper got him right below the heart. Three days later, when a soldier crawled out into no-man's land to get Frank McGee's body, and when that soldier dragged Frank McGee's body back, they found a little blood-soaked diary in his breast pocket. And on the pages of that blood-soaked diary were the simple, honest sentiments of a great man. For in that diary, Frank McGee had written, If it be my lot to die, I ask nothing of my country. I ask nothing other than that some night when the snow is piled high and when my beloved game of hockey is once again being played, I ask only that someone remember... Not Frank McGee, the one-eyed hockey player, but rather Captain Frank McGee. Captain Frank McGee, who died that his country might live. But that's not quite the end of the story. I told you how after Frank McGee was killed out in no man's land, a soldier crawled forward and dragged his body back. Well, that soldier that recovered Frank McGee's body was a man named Arthur McClary, Arthur McClary, who later became famous not because he recovered Frank McGee's body but rather because he became the long-distance swimming champion of South America by swimming down the Paramount River, a distance of 132 miles. Yes, he became the long-distance swimming champion of South America, and he did it despite the fact that he has no legs. Portrait of history. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Bobby Riggs and Jack Kramer. Here are the two most famous tennis players in the United States. Bobby Riggs, the United States professional champion, and Jack Kramer, the United States amateur champion. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, in person. America's two greatest tennis champions, Jack Kramer and Bobby Riggs. Bobby, they tell me that you're pretty confident about licking Kramer in your match next Friday night at Madison Square Garden, not only in that match, but also in a majority of the 50 or 60 that follow throughout in the United States. Yes, Bill?
1: I think I have the shots to break up what Jack calls his big game. I think Kramer will find a lot of balls whizzing past him when he storms the net. Well, what do you got? How about that, Jack? Well, Bill, I have a lot of respect for Bobby's game, but I'm confident my offensive style will wear him down. I'm in the best shape of my life and will be attacking all the time.
0: Well, it looks like these matches should really be great. After all, you two boys have the best records in the country. No, we don't, Bill. I don't get it, Bobby. What do you mean? Whose record is any better than yours? The former tennis champion of America, Joe Hunt. He gave his life for his country in the war. That's what we meant by his record being the best. Well, I think you're both right. Thank you so much. Good luck and good night, Bobby Riggs and Jack Kramer. Real
1: 4, Arthur Gary. Counting from tonight, you've got only four shopping days left to get Colgate combination shaving sets for all the men on your Christmas list. Every man you remember rates one of these Colgate shaving sets. It gives him a giant tube of Colgate Rapid Shave Cream if he uses a brush and lather, or Colgate brushless. Also, a big bottle of refreshing Colgate aftershave lotion, and a big tin of Colgate Calc for men. All this. About half a year's supply of shaving comfort and good grooming in a handsome gift box. The big Colgate shaving sets solve your Christmas gift problem and a man's shaving problem as well. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real five. Portrait of a Memory.
0: Did you ever walk down memory lane? How'd you like to do it tonight? Would you like to turn back the years? Come on, let's step out with a memory. I'm stepping out with a memory tonight. We'll Gals, we're stepping away. out with our memories tonight. Memories of great sports stars. Let's travel back down the baseball trails of yesteryear. I wonder if we'll ever again see stars like those. Do you remember Detroit's Ty Cobb? And how about Tris Speaker? (laughs) Ha ha, we've only started, say. What about Walter Johnson and John McGraw and Grover Cleveland Alexander? And look, why look, there's old Cy Young. Sure, sure. How about that great double play combination? Do you remember Tinkers to Evers to Chance? Ha <laughs> ha! Those were real ball players in those days. Yes, sir. And Lou Gehrig and Dizzy Dean and Mickey Cochran and Roger Hornsby, Lefty Grove, Frankie Frisch, and Honus Wagner. Sure. And look, look. There's Ed Delahanty and Hank Gowdy and Little Miller Huggins and Home Run Baker and Babe Ruth. Hiya, Babe. I ah, say, give me those old days and those old ball players. They were stars, great stars, and I'll never, never forget. And you know that's why, that's why, that's why I'm stepping out. Yeah, I'm stepping out with a memory. Reminiscing while we're missing memories of the great baseball players of yesteryear, and they were great. Oh, but say, say, we don't have to remember only the ball players. How about the great boxers of the past? Do you remember them? Let's see how many you do. They were really great, too. The great heavyweights for since, well, Bob Fitzsimmons and maybe John L. Sullivan. And I wonder if you remember a gentleman who's called Gentleman Jim Corbett. Ha <laughs> ha, not many fighters like him around. Ah, but way back then, way back then, when they called a man a champion, it meant something. Do you remember Mickey Walker, the toy bulldog? Do you remember? How could you forget him? And how about the little guy who came out of Pittsburgh? I mean, Harry Greb. And let's not forget Tony Canzaneri and Barney Ross and Henry Armstrong. Sure. Ah, but those were the days. The days of Benny Leonard, Kid Chocolate, Jimmy McLarnin, and don't forget Billy Petroli. Say, those guys could really fight. How about Johnny Dundee and Mike McTeague? And let's not forget a pretty fair fighter named jack dempsey ah what memories come flooding back come on stay with us we're traveling back down memory lane reminiscing as we go stepping out with a memory tonight Let's turn back the years on football, too. Do you remember the great teams around the turn of the century? The first one in this country, it was Michigan's point-a-minute team. You remember that? They gave America our first great football star, a little guy, wee Willie Heston. And then came Jim Thorpe. Remember him and George Kipp and the Four Horsemen of Notre Dame? Oh, and say, say, we mustn't forget Red Grange. How about Bronco Nagurski and Ernie Nevers and Benny Friedman and Chris Cagle and Don Hudson and Ken Strong? Why? Why, across those gridirons come immortals, immortals that can never be forgotten. Remember Niall Kinnick of Iowa? He's dead. But how about Davy O'Brien, a Texas Christian, Albie Booth of Yale, and a guy named Lighthorse Harry Wilson who led a great army team? Say, how about the coaches who taught him how to play? Fielding Yost of Michigan, Tad Jones of Yale, and Howard Jones of Southern California. And let's not forget the best of them all, the immortal Newt Rockne of Notre Dame. Sure, I know, but we've only started stepping out with a memory. Why, you can't remember the past without bringing back such names as Earl Sandy, Eleanor Holm, Gertrude Etterly, Helen Wills, Bill Tilden, Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, Tommy Hitchcock, Jesse Owens, and a great star named Glenn Cunningham. Ah, sure, sure, I know a lot of folks say that I'm crazy. Well, maybe they're right. Maybe because I've been stepping out with a memory tonight. Crazy? Crazy because I combine music and sports? I don't think so. Why, others thought of it long before I ever thought to do it. Did you ever hear of a guy who was the Bantamweight champion of the world? His name was Joe Howard. He combined music and sports, for it was he who wrote, I wonder who's kissing her now Dan, how about a man who once held the golf championship of the city of Chicago? You ought to remember him. He combined music and sports, too. For his name was Isham Jones, and it was he who wrote.
1: It had to be you It had to be you
0: Ah, but there were others. The greatest fisherman this country's ever known was a boy who ordered that after he died, he ordered that his ashes be spread over the waters where he loved to fish, and they were. His name was Vincent Humans, and it was he
1: who wrote. I'm on my hands, you in
0: my arms. Ah, but by now you get the idea. Athletes have done a lot for music, but the greatest... The story of sports and music is the story of George Gershwin. George Gershwin was just another songwriter until one day, one day a famous baseball player told him, Listen, George,
1: take my advice before it's too late. You can do more than write just another song number. You can write the greatest one of them all, if you will. I hope I live to hear it. That famous baseball player did not
0: live to hear it. But George Gershwin did write the greatest musical number of them all. For it was he who wrote The Rhapsody in Blue. Gershman played it at Carnegie Hall. Had you been close enough, you might have heard him say, This is it, Christy, this one's for you. And as the music rose upward and upward into the cold night air, somewhere looking down, out there from they comparable, was the man that inspired Gershman. The man that inspired him to write his famous rhapsody, and blue, oh, America's greatest pitcher, Christy Matthewson. That's the 3 mark for tonight. We're back next Friday night, same time, same stations, speaking from Chicago and Route West to broadcast the Rose Bowl. Our guest next Friday night will be the great star George Jessel. So be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday evening when we bring as our guest the famous George Jessel. See you then. Until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday night at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good Good night.
1: Bill Stern, the corgi shaggy man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the corgi shaggy man had lots to say. He told the chance of sports he rose, the inside dope
0: he really knows. So listen and next Friday night, C4L G A Bobby Riggs and Jack Kramer open their tour in Madison Square Garden this coming Friday evening.